Easter is a time to think about sacrifice. This morning I couldn't really decide. We have three stories of Easter morning in each of the Gospels. And I finally settled on Luke chapter 24. And I'm glad that I did because we've already heard this morning in the sunrise on John 21. Uh, so if you were here for both, now you're going to get at least two of the gospel accounts, four gospel accounts of what happened that day. And what I want to do in Luke 24 is just read about the whole day, that whole Sunday. Sometimes we read about morning, and sometimes we read about things later on. But as we were thinking this morning, I want to think about the whole day and what happened on that amazing Sunday some 2,000 years ago. So Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had gathered. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened while they were perplexed about this, Behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling apparel. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still alive in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And they returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James. Also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. So it wasn't just those three. And these words appeared to them as nonsense. And they would not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, stopping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at that which had happened. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were conversing with each other about all the things that had taken place. And it came about that while they were conversing and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. And their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are the words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still, looking sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all that, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early this morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had said. But him, 
they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer those things and to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he was going further. They urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting towards evening, and the day is now nearly over. And he went in to stay with them. And it came about that when he had reclined at table with them, he took the bread and he blessed it. And breaking it, he began giving it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scripture to us? And they arose that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. And found the gathering of the others gathered together, the eleven and those who were with them, and said, The Lord has really risen. He's appeared to Simon. And they began to relate these experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. And while they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And while they still could not believe it, for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of raw fish. And he took it and ate it in their sight. Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law and the prophets and the Psalms would be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning with Jerusalem. And you are a witness of these things. Behold, I'm sending you forth that the promise and the promise of my Father is upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, speak your words to us. We await your voice. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, I wonder how many Easter's we have represented here this morning. How many? Joyce, how many Easter's have you had? <laughs> I'm going to put you on this one. Seven. Seventy Easter's. So, Easter's have you had? 75 Easter's. Mary, how many Easter's? Yeah. 76 Easter's. 42 Easter's. Robert, how many Easter's have you had? 24. <laughs> 
So we've got a lot of these church represented right here. Do we agree? So with that many Easters under our building, okay? What is Easter? Aren't you an expert by now? If you've done something 70 times, you ought to be an expert in what you're doing. So what is Easter? <coughs> The resurrection of the risen Lord. What is it? Celebration. Celebration. The resurrection of the risen Lord. What else? Okay. How many Easter do you have? No, I'm not going to ask you that. Okay. <laughs> 29. Okay. I'll answer four. Okay. okay. What's Easter? A promise. A promise. A new beginning. Oh, yeah. Death to life. It's coming to beginning. Okay. Now, that's where we are on Easter. I want you to step back to that story that we just heard. Now, what was Easter to, to those people? What do you think they thought? What was going through their heads, their hearts that day? What was it? Joy. But what about before that? And when, Jesus, when Jesus finally got there Sunday night, it turned around. But remember what he said? Why are you all so, so slow to believe? You know, even when he showed up, they were, okay. I'm not going there. He had to show on his hands and feet before they'd actually commit to something. So what do you think was going on in those people that day. And, and really, I guess we should say, since Friday. Yeah, because until they saw Jesus and believed that he was actually there, they were in a state. What do you think that state was? Doubt. Doubt. Grief. Fear. Grief, fear. Confusion. Confusion. Yeah. Regret or something. Regret, oh yeah. Some of them had face planted big time, okay? And it wasn't just Judas, okay? Every one of them, actually, if you want to get down to it. Every one of them had tripped and didn't catch with their hands or anything. Only just boom, right on the face, okay? Yeah. Regret. I'm going to use a word. Two words. It was a hot mess, okay? It had been a hot mess ever since Friday. Because everything that they thought about, okay, everything that they thought about was, that was coming up had been snatched away. All their hopes. They've been building it for three years. Now the sad thing is Jesus had been telling you read the rest of this, Jesus had been telling them for quite a while that this was gonna happen. But we only hear what we want to hear most of the time. I'm just let's be honest about that. So, if somebody says something to you, you pick out the parts you are good with, and you kind of leave out the rest of it. Well, the disciples were good with Jesus. Do you remember the Mount of Transfiguration? They were good with that. But when Jesus said he had to go die, which happened right after that, Peter said, No, that's not going to happen. 
That's not what needs to happen. And Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Okay. They didn't want to hear that this was coming up. Now, after it happened, after Easter, they remembered it, they understood. But it looked so difficult for them that they could not deal with it at that time. It was just a mess. Now, we know about messes. It's only been a few weeks since we had a mess in this state. Worst day, no, think about worst days. These tacos were having some of their worst days. We, some of these people in our state had some of their worst days. Rolling Fork, think about Rolling Fork. Y'all seen the pictures? And Rolling Fork's not there. I only, I only knew two people from Rolling Fork that probably had passed on me anyway because they were, I knew them 20 something years ago and they were my age 20 something years ago. So they're probably no longer there and didn't have to see this. But the, uh, I think it was the insurance commissioner or somebody in the state government was being interviewed about what was going on in Louisville. And he said these words, it's a mess, and it's going to be a mess for quite a while. I thought, yeah, that's a good way to describe Louisville. It's a mess. Now, but I want to tell you about Louisville. This morning at First Methodist Church in Louisville, at sunrise, guess what they were doing on the front steps of the church? They had a sunrise service. Saw a picture of it this morning as I was looking through my emails and stuff, there's First Methodist, going forward, some of my service. Easter. Disaster. I just died. Disaster. Tornado. I'm not equating those things. But Easter always comes. And messes and fears and doubts have an answer. And that's what Easter Just wanted to be 
in his hometown. So he bought the house. And uh, his life was uh, beer and pizza. And it was my practice, lady checking him out, was asking him, how many parties do you have? Because you're always buying all this alcohol and all these pizzas. I mean, you must have parties all the time. That's how he bought was there. And uh, her name was Patience. She shows up in the movie later on. Uh, but he ends, ends up checking out, even though he tries to avoid this girl, he ends up checking out with her almost every time he goes to the grocery store. He's in his house, he puts his stuff in the refrigerator that first time, and there's a knock on the door, he goes to the door, and there's this uh, Hispanic lady at the door with a plate of tamales. Said, and she introduces herself, uh, Esperosa, I think is her name. Uh, gives him a plate of tamales and, and says, I used to know the man that lives here. He was a great guy and welcome to the neighborhood. And so he thanks her and uh, he's doing everything he can to be cold and, and I mean, his life was crushed as far as he's concerned. And he tries to just show that to everyone around him. He doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody. But she comes, she was friends with the ones that were there, and she keeps pushing a little bit, keep pushing a little bit. And he keeps pushing away. There's a little girl next door, probably four, five years old, next door, uh, who doesn't speak, hasn't spoken in the last year. Uh, and she walks around recording people on a cassette tape that she won't talk. And she, he hears his voice. And he was talking to the real estate agent. And he was looking on the corner, and there's that little girl playing with her tape player with him on her. That's when he finds out she doesn't speak. But anyway, so he's doing everything to keep people away because his life is over. He's crushed. Uh, and something happens in the stucco of his house. That's his neighbor, uh, Esperosa, I think. I'm probably getting that wrong looks at the stucco, and there's a water stain on the stucco, and she gasped. He said, that's the face of Jesus. And he looks at it, and he goes, that's a water stain. <laughs> that's a water stain. There's nothing in it. So she comes back the next day with the priest of the church, and takes him to the backyard, and comes to the door, and all Henry Poo wants to, is to be left alone. So he figures the best way to be left alone is let this get, let's get this over. So he, she, he goes to the back of what the priest does, looks at it, and goes, oh. I don't really see it. She insists that it's there. Uh, so he, he leaves. She ends up showing up a little bit later on in the story. But she keeps on pushing. That's the face of Jesus. And he never can see it. She Tells other people about this. People start showing up in his backyard, looking at the back wall of his house at the stucco. And he gets more and more infuriated by all this. And uh, he, he's trying to push everybody away. He's trying to keep them doing it. And I'm doing a horrible story. Uh, or a horrible time telling this story. But what happens one night in the middle of the night? A little girl named Millie, a four year old, who hasn't been speaking. Uh, wakes up. She goes, she talked to the other member, she goes to the wall, puts her hand on the wall, and her mom wakes up. Billy? Okay. So she runs 
was happening with the Caesar and the God that every backyard comes out there. And her daughter is just standing there, touching the wall. And she leans down and hugs her. Says, You okay? You okay? And then Millie goes.
drop that, and we begin to go to new lives. But that's what Easter is. Easter is the assurance of God to us that our lives, no matter what's going on in your life, and I don't know what, where you are in your life, you, you may be in the worst mess you've ever have had in your life. You know, the last week or two, or a year, may have been the worst that you've ever experienced. But it doesn't. I'm, I'm saying this wrong, and I hope you'll understand. Forgive me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But either way, whether it's the best days of your life or the worst days of your life, Jesus is still there. And he still shows up when you need him the most. And to do the things that you need. Those traveling on the road to Emmaus needed to hear and understand. That's what Jesus did. The, one, the disciples that were still back in Jerusalem, they were a little bit slower. Jesus came to them later. They needed more time to process. But Jesus spoke to them. And those lives were never the same. Those ten disciples were in the room, by the way. Thomas wasn't there that night. Okay. It's the next week that Thomas is to meet Jesus. But the ten and those travelers on the road to Emmaus, plus the others who were there, I don't know if you recognize that in the text there were other people that were there that weren't mentioned, uh, but in the background. Jesus came and he touched them where they were with what they needed. They were full of doubt. They were full of fear. They were full of dark clouds over their heads. This would have been the worst weekend of their life. And it turned into the best weekend of their life. Because Jesus showed up. And Easter is about Jesus for us. We think he's gone. We don't know what's happening. But Easter is about the fact that he shows back up. And he's alive and he's well. And he's here and he's there and he's here. Now, so where are you this Easter? We know where Jesus is this Easter. He's alive and doing well. And whether you know it or not, he's right next to you. And right behind you. And right in front of you. And he always will be. So where are you? Where are you this Easter? What does this Easter mean for you? You've been like the disciples. decisions that I'm not ready to make. And I don't know what the future holds. And I'm scared about that. But no matter what that is that you're struggling with, the one thing I can tell you is that Jesus already knows. And he's already there. And Easter is the time that we need to recognize that that is true. So this Easter, where are you? And what kind of hot mess are you? This Easter. That you need Jesus to walk or take away. What's the cloud that may need to disappear? That young teller, uh, supermarket teller, patience. Henry Poole came back with her glasses. She left him in the yard. He said, here you go. Glasses. And he said, are you going to go to the doctor and get him to check your eyes? She said, yeah, I'll go to the doctor. Uh, and I'll pay him $90 to check my eyes. And he'll tell me on 2020 what you already know. 
And I don't need those glasses. But she reached out to me. She said, but I'm going to keep these as a souvenir of where I used to be. Now, some of you need a souvenir of where you used to be. And maybe today, this Easter, is a pivotal. Maybe you need your life to change in a direction. Left or right or up. And if that's what you need this Easter, then I pray that you will let God do that in your life. And that you'll let Jesus do that in your life. That's what he does. He does give rebirth, transformation. He changes us. He gives us the things that we need. And not, now, I'll carry on here. Most of the time, he doesn't know what he needs. Just tell me. And the thing that I think I need probably would have been a total disaster. And I can look back after 68 years and go, uh, yeah, thank God that that didn't work out the way I wanted because that would have been bad. You know, and I hope that produces in me more trust and faith that whatever God puts in my path is going to be fantastic, even though I don't understand how. No matter where you are, we've got young people here, we've got young older people here, we're all in different places, but whatever it is, Easter is the time to remember that Christ is there. He's alive. He's where we need him to be. There's not a locked door that can keep him away, and there's not a trip far enough away that you can keep him, keep him from showing up with you along the path. So where are you this Easter? What do you need to be a souvenir of the past? What do you need to be new life? Father, we thank you for the earthquakes and the gloom of Friday. And we thank you for the sunrise and the light of Easter. And help us in those extremes to always trust in you. Help our faith to be strong. And help us to be willing to follow you wherever you may lead us. And if this Easter you're asking us to make some changes, to do some things or to go in a different direction, give us the courage of faith and the hope of the future. 